This episode may contain language which some listeners might find objectionable. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries, welcome to So To Be Clear, formerly five minutes of funk, but five minutes just ain't gonna get it. This is Tim. Say it with me. Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson. I don't think you heard me. I said, <clears throat> for the people in the back, Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson has been confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Every time I say that, I, I get a chill up my spine. I just love the sound of that. Congratulations to soon-to-be Justice Brown Jackson for becoming the first black woman confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Now, the low-hanging fruit, of course, is to talk about how uh, the conservatives try to lambaste this uh, this very accomplished judge and, and, and sco legal scholar, product of a public education, all that stuff. They look for reasons to try to discredit her, and they did not, which is a, is a discussion in and of itself, right? But there is a particular element that I need to bring out, and that is... Uh, have you seen Sister Brown Jackson's hair? Um, in the event that you've been living under a rock in a gutter someplace and haven't been keeping up with this, uh, Kentaji Brown Jackson has a very ethnic, um, natural, locked hairstyle. Okay? Um, and I found that to be particularly compelling for a number of reasons, right? I mean... Let's face it, you know, hair is the grounds for the fight when it comes to black people's identity. And, and in women, it's especially fraught, you know. Um, and I don't mean that to just harp on difference, but, I mean, goddammit, it, it's different. It's just different for women, you know. I mean, not saying that, you know, it happens for men, too, and we're, we're going to talk about that in a second. But the imagery of black people's hair and black people's natural hair has been ground zero for an awful lot of conflict, culturally speaking, right? I mean, you know, natural hairstyles are have been historically considered unprofessional in the business environment. Um, there's questions as to whether or not it's clean, whether it's, it's unkempt, you know, and it's tied a great deal to black people's self-esteem and it becomes especially poignant in women i mean listen i can I, I can remember vividly my grandmother going to her hairstylist and you know had been going to this hairstylist for a long time and this was in the old days when they used to use a straightening comb to uh to pull those naps out of of her head and i could still smell what that burning hair smelled like with using a hot comb to get you know to tame it right and that's where it started with me seeing black women go through all of the pain and discontent of having to get your hair done because, let's face it, I mean, it's tough on women, period. And it, it, when it comes to maintaining an aesthetic, 
if you will. But when it comes to adhering to a black uh a, a black hairstyle and historically ethnic hairstyle it becomes something different why is that i i asked why but i'm not about to go into a do an historical deep dive on that I, I would have to be on here you think about five minutes of funk it would be five years of funk if i tried to go down that road but i want to point out some differences here with the way that black imagery is received by uh, American society. And I won't speak for the other nations. I can only speak authoritatively about how we do that in America and how it's not the same in every scenario when it comes to black people, definitely not with black women. Why is that? And, and what are some examples of that? Let's go be clear. <laughs> So for the sake of repeating myself, uh, and I think I've talked about this before, but I find there's something inherently sad when people are unable to reinvent themselves, right? Someone will adhere to an outdated or outmoded image or, or personality trait or, or, or something that has evolved within the larger society and they just hang on to it because it's all they know, right? Um, what does all that mean? The best example, best best to illustrate this was an example with an example. And the example that I have is Fred Rerun Berry, right? In case you don't know, uh, Fred Rerun Berry was a dancer. He was overweight, if you will, but he was very accomplished dancer with a group called the Lockers in the seventies. He starred on a show called What's Happening as a character named Rerun. You know, lovable, dummy, you know, but, but you know, he, he didn't do well in school, but he wore big baggy pants and rainbow suspenders and a red beret. And a couple of times he would dance and everything because that was his chosen occupation in the real world, right? But Rerun was a very lovable character. He was very popular on this TV show called What's Happening, right? Now, Fred Rerun Berry, and I call him Fred Rerun Berry because he legally changed his name to Rerun uh, sometime in the mid to late 90s, right? Mid to late 1990s. So, but that's going to become Jermaine in just a second. But Fred Berry, Fred Rerun Berry, if you, <laughs> excuse me, Fred Rerun Berry, uh, could be seen in parts of Los Angeles pop locking and wearing big baggy pants and 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 the red beret as late as the early 2000s and his show went off the air in 1979 okay i think it came back sometime in like 84 85 something like that is a what's happening now but what's happening went off the air in 1979 and Fred Rerun Berry died in 2003. And he could still be seen playing that whole rerun thing out in the streets. And it just was sad. It was just sad, right? That for an ancient image like that, that he was unable to evolve. That's what I mean when I say that it's something sad about someone un 
unable to evolve with the times. This was somebody still living in the shadow of a past image. It was almost like that's all he had. And that's terrible. Okay. It cannot be easy to do that. I stand corrected, though. Evidently, it was easy for him to do this because that was an image that he was able to parlay into some kind of livelihood at this stage in his life. He was able to resurrect a really played out and corny image by early 2000s standards by playing up on the nostalgia or, or or some or people's affinity for that TV show, What's Happening, which was a really corny show by today's standards, mind you. But it was that easy for Fred Rerun Berry to recreate that image. And the reason it was so easy for him is because as a society, we made it easy for him. We collectively, personally, I thought it was pitiful, but collectively we were able to receive rerun Barry back into our consciousness to be able to say hey I remember that guy I think I used to like him you know uh this has happened again and this one is <laughs> this one I find particularly egregious and it is that of Mr. Jimmy Walker now Jimmy Walker played on the TV show Good Times as JJ as James Jr. right and he was the worst. He was the worst. This was the guy in the bucket hat walking around as the artist saying, you know, just be the, the, the typical comic buffoon, right? Um, he largely disappeared from the public spotlight for, for a, a really long time until he showed up somewhere around 2016, 2017 as uh, a Trump supporter. And apparently had a decent enough following as a Trumper to get himself back into the public eye. The end of the line came from him doing commercials for Medicare supplement insurance and, and stuff like that. And that is where the grits hit the fan for me because it's like, listen, man, he's on there, you know, with a picture of J.J. in the background. And he's sitting up there talking about you being able to get money added back to your social security check every single month is gonna be dynamite uh, bruh <laughs> it, listen yeah that that one's hard to watch that is hard to watch i was talking about that with a friend of mine and she was like you've got to be shitting me that that, that jimmy walker is able to be back on the screen again and people are watching it you know I mean, the, an interesting piece about uh, that J.J. thing with Good Times is that the, the buffoonery that was in, in, engendered by J.J.'s, you know, by that imagery around J.J. was something that John Amos, it contributed to John Amos getting kicked off of Good Times. Now, John Amos was James Evans, the dad, right? A strong, you know, very forward man in his role. But there's no doubt that John Amos, the actor, was similarly equipped intellectually and, and, and personality-wise, right? Now, recently, John Amon, I, I don't remember when this was, but recently, John Amos was on a TV show called The Archive of American Television. It was a, an interview that was done with him, and he went into a little bit of how 
He it was, it's a great interview. I, I encourage you to look it up. It's uh, the Archive of American Television. It was an interview with John Amos. Now, there's a part of there where he talked about getting kicked off the show fairly early. Norman Lear pretty much told him, hey, listen, we got renewed, but you're not coming back. And this was on the heels of John Amos talking to Norman Lear, who was the show's creator, right? Norman Lear has had a few shows. I mean, I believe Sanford and Son was one of his creations, and so he was filthy rich off of being able to play up black imagery. Oh, by the way, Norman Lear was not black, right? But I throw that out there as an aside. But one of the things that John Amos mentioned to uh, Norman Lear, it's a problem he had with the show, was how he had two other children on the show in Michael Evans and Thelma Evans, one who wanted to be a Supreme Court justice and the other wanted to be a surgeon. But the emphasis was placed on J.J. and his buffoonery, right? It, I mean, here's a quote from the interview. He said, and I quote, too much emphasis was placed on J.J. and his chicken hat walking around saying dynamite, unquote. And it's true. That image not only was it supposedly lovable and likable and because it got a big laughs and, and to think that there was once upon a time when Jimmy Walker was more popular than Janet Jackson, who was also on that show as Penny Wood, right? But there was a point where Jimmy Walker was a far bigger star than Janet Jackson or anybody else. He was huge, right? We look back on that with 20, 21st century lenses to see that he was really just a big clown and a doofus, right? But that big clown and doofus has come right back in our faces in the 21st century talking about money being added back to your Social Security check every single month. Amazing how easy that is, right? Amazing how easy it is that a corny-ass image like that is able to profiteer off of being a corny-ass image in this day and age, right? It's the idea that there's some imagery that, quite bluntly, America deems it safe. You're kidding yourself if you don't think that there is such a thing as a safe black person, right? And that is how... America sees certain images, okay? You can infer what you want, but there are certain folks like Jimmy Walker, like Herschel Walker, no relation as far as I know, right? But these are safe images, and these are people that is easy for an American consciousness, and by American, I am implying white. It's easy for them to consume, and yet, when there's imagery that is far deemed far less safe, like a young wrestler with dreadlocks who was ordered to shave his hair so that he can compete because the head, the headdress, the, the head protection, the headgear couldn't fit over his dreadlocks, or the young graduate in high school that was not allowed to walk across the stage because of the ethnic hairstyle he was wearing. These are not considered safe. But I'm thinking by now you see the pattern here, right? The pattern that blatantly 
black hairstyles. And like I said, hair is grounds for the fight, right? These are images that are not considered safe, and therefore they're being, they have been historically squashed by an establishment way of thinking. By establishment, I mean white. And yet, we have soon-to-be Supreme Court Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson locks and everything in your face. Do you have any idea culturally that how, how significant that is? She is going to be in every history book from here on when she's confirmed. And that face with that hair is going to speak more volumes than the American consciousness tried to close and then reaffirm with images like Fred Rerunberry or Jimmy Walker. That, they, that they're okay with those two, but not okay with somebody that looks like Justice Kentucky Brown Jackson. Now, they don't have a choice, now do they? So, to be clear, Justice Kentaji Brown Jackson has compelled the white gaze to see superlative intellect and accomplishment and matched inextricably to a black aesthetic. And her confirmation has now emblazoned it on the public consciousness in this country. The white gaze now has to blink. And that's pretty damn cool. Ladies and gentlemen and non-binaries, this has been so to be clear. Check out the Twitter feed at 5M of F1 for your recommendations, suggestions, bitches, moans, and gripes. I'm going to talk to you again in a few days. So until the next time, be good.